Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 170, an artist's DAO, artist, Buddhist, priest, conscious, cool AF. Join the team as we go down the rabbit hole with this mid-Atlantic mystic. Welcome, Karina. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, dude. Um, I will get into how I think I stumbled upon you in a second, but something we typically do at the beginning of these podcasts is correlate the episode number 170 to a card. I had the dubious uh, position of deciding if it should be 17 card or 8. I've gone with 8, even though I think we can all love the star card. Um, this will be strength. I face my fears with the strength of love and patience. This is about trusting yourself, letting your inner endurance shine, using your power to embrace the amazing person within. You have everything within you you need to succeed. Raphael, what would the Galactic Heritage card be? We got number 62. Serious, embracing transition, present timeline. In this time period, the serious energy has made an evolutionary transition from fourth density to fifth, which means a shift from physical existence to non-physical. Humans are in the process of transitioning from 3D to 4D. So the guidance of Sirius is essential here. Planetary transition can be frightening, can be a frightening thing because it means leaping into the unknown. Personally, you are also making a transition to a new level of consciousness. It is important to embrace this transition and trust its process, even if you can't clearly see where it leads. The energy of Sirius can help you with this process. So, I'm curious if either of those cars resonated with you. Oh my god, 100%. Wow. Well, feel free to gush. You're our Gemini. Um, how? And, I mean, you don't have to make a you know, book about it, but I'm just kind of curious if anything stuck out in particular. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, firstly, just the most recent thing on my mind is living in a way that supports the transition of humanity into a higher state of consciousness. So I totally relate to the serious energy and embracing that transition. And then the strength card, facing fear with a strength of love and patience. Uh, wow. Um, in the tradition I'm a part of, um, the Mahadriya, they gave me a name of my Buddha nature at the wisdom plane, which is, uh, trend it's in Sanskrit, but it translates to peaceful faith. And I've been trying to focus on bringing my sense of strength from that place and relating to the world, um, from the place of my Dharma plane. So, wow. Awesome. Well, Jesus, that sounds like a rad story. Uh, I think I turned on to you through your art, ultimately. I'm not sure. Facebook's a funny world. Um, I'm not sure exactly when. I think I added you a few years ago, maybe. I mean, maybe a while at this point. Um, but you were posting up some art. Your art had been shared or something like that. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is dope. Um, and I added you. And then you 
I haven't followed your whole journey, but more recently I had seen you posting things about, well, just really like kind of like journaling, like you said you did. There were just kind of asides where you were kind of just contemplating out loud to the camera, which is very Geminian, um, and it seemed both wise and ironically peaceful, like very just chill about it, right? So that's kind of how I'm aware of you. Um, I want to get into the Buddhist stuff, uh, specifically what you were talking about, your initiation and that Buddhic plane and stuff like that. Um, but do me a favor and walk us through as long or as short-winded as you prefer. Um, where you're, What kind of culture were you growing up in? How did you kind of get to where you are now kind of stuff? Wow, yeah. Um, I love how it happens when you just find someone on Facebook and then you forget where exactly they came from, but it's like they totally mesh with your life path and that definitely needed to be there. Um, so yeah, my history. Uh, yeah, um, I've always been drawn to spirituality and I start there just because I feel like that's before I do anything or before I'm an artist or anything else, I am totally connected um, to my inner spiritual reality you know, growing up. I had an inner sense of a connection to God and spirit. And, you know, my family was Christian. Um, and I went through that path a little bit. But at a young age, I would have really interesting dreams. Um, and small instances of awakening, even at a, a very young age. Uh, we can get into that eventually or not at all but then growing up it's Shit, kind of going like to it now whole... i mean what kind of yeah, things I mean, you're talking about like it's kind of moments a whole of hero's journey <laughs> okay um yeah um waking up in the middle of the night with like an intense loud ringing noise and blast of light in my head and I realized later that it's something called like exploding head syndrome um but I remember it being like something I'd forget immediately and then recalling it later and then when I got into lucid dreaming practices it came back as like um, like a wave of consciousness in the dream and then as I woke up it was like this super bright noise and um Right noise, exactly. Yeah, that kind of sums it up. But a sense of a consciousness that was way more encompassing than, you know, day-to-day -day consciousness. So there's some of that. I remember a dream where there was these alien entities, and most of them like eight years old. And they showed me, I was um, a screen, like a movie screen. And they told me anything I say or think will show up on the screen. And now looking back, I, I feel like it was almost either being guided by, you know, my higher spirit, or I don't know if you want to believe in aliens, if that's fun, you can believe that. But it was like almost a primer to to show me how to manifest things, like whatever I believed would show up. Um, but yeah, I came from a family of artists, my mother, my grandmother. And her grandmother, all were painters, very connected with nature um, and herbalism, things like that. So there's a little bit of that um, natural influence, well, quite a lot of it. That's a very important in my journey. And then growing up, um, just briefly, we'll touch on 
the shadow journey I went on. Um, I faced some challenges uh, and judgments growing up when I got into certain paths and I was told at a young age that occultism was definitely something to stay away from and, and to be afraid of it. And so obviously, you know, if you tell an intelligent young child who's very curious to stay away from something, they'll go straight into it. So at age 13, I started studying um, my first Wicca and Spellcraft and Kabbalah. So from age 13, I was engaged with that. And then ha not having a teacher, I full-blown dived headfirst into the, uh, the shadow aspect of that. Um, so I went through a bit of a goth stage uh, in my teen years and made a lot of dark art. And I kind of hide that part of my story now. But there's, you know, if you dig for it, there's, there's a few pieces from that time. But I was always creating art intensely while I would study these traditions. Um, so there's a little bit of that. And then I realized, well, this sucks. Like, it's teen. And then, yeah, a lot of my work still today is along those lines. And and then recently, so you got four into years weed just ago, a little and then dipped on it like that? I'm fascinated because, I mean, oh, I mean, people that's a either whole, hate it or love it. That's a whole story. <laughs> that's a whole story. No, um... Yeah, and then just to wrap up the, you know, the whole story, the four years ago, yeah, four years ago, I found Mahadria um, through a chaos magic group. Interesting story, but I found Mahadria is like a collection of spiritual beliefs. I, I call it like a, a buffet of different practices, but it's a really cool group of people and they're very active with... Um, you know, bringing new people in, teaching whatever you want, kind of. And um, I've been engaged with that as like a definite path forward in spiritual growth. And that brings me to today, basically so creating art, you know, studying, teaching now, and more and more. Wow. Um, so, Raphael, I just saw that you dipped out and in. Are we all good? Yeah, we're all good. Cool. Uh, yeah, because I didn't know if there were server issues or what. Um, so tell me a little about the Mahadria thing. You said you stumbled on through Chaos Magic. What were you doing with Chaos Magic? I'm not against that by any means, I think. I mean, I'm very familiar with Grant Morrison. I've been reading The Invisibles on and off a little bit. Um, so, and kind of, is that what you're a priestess of? Is it Buddhism specifically? Or how, you're saying it's kind of like... Um, you know, amalgamation or kind of a uh, gestalt of a lot of things. So what what's going on there? Yeah, so firstly, the Mahadriya actually has five masters. Um, the, in the head of the tradition alive today is Mahavadra. And then we have Melchizedek, which is like the, like the spiritual ancestor. Spirit. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like the, of... the ghost of the Jesus world. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like the spiritual ancestor of Kabbalah. So he does like the Kabbalistic um, Judaic uh, wisdom teachings. And then we have Krishna and Buddha and Jesus. So Maha, uh, Mahavadra pulled these four traditions together as like 
all of these paths are valid. And he was also initiated into each of those traditions. So he um, carries the, the current of those traditions through the wisdom he teaches as well. So we learn, um, it's kind of like pick your flavor, whichever one you want to go into. So I'm really connected with um, the Hindu practices now and, and the Buddhist um, ones. And then the Kabbalah has always been there too. And I haven't really gotten too much into the mystery teachings of Christianity, but it's also been a big interest. I just haven't touched there yet. But yeah, um, the chaos magic thing. Yeah, when I was studying occultism and esotericism, it was like the the artist's approach to magic, kind of like you make your own rules and it works with the actual mechanics of, okay, how does magic work? And you can kind of create your own way forward. And it was mostly me trying to find a magical tradition or other magical people to connect to, to share ideas with, which it kind of was, there was a, it was, you know, it was a Facebook group. So there was a mix of people. It counts. Yeah. Um, and then there was one thread about, what's been a magical process that's really felt real to you or transformed you the most. And I found my first teacher kind of connected to the Mahadriya who was teaching um, a system called Kujian, which it combines like spoken mantras and then mudras of the hand and the contemplations of wisdom. And I joined his class and it totally gave me um, a lot of experiences of transformation and facing myself. So I went deeper and, you know, found the Mahadriya. Raphael, have you ever heard of this? Not as a distinct idea. I may have heard of the term, maybe, but uh, not more than that. Yeah, I've never heard of it myself, which is kind of, I mean, like, it sounds like something I'd be into, so I'm kind of surprised I have it. Yeah, I'm not quite authorized to teach it quite yet, so I can't give initiations because I haven't done the full charge, which is um, quite challenging. But most people are familiar with it because it is a ninjutsu it's been adopted by uh, ninjutsu practitioners. So it's featured in some ways in a lot of old ninja movies. And then in the modern day, um, like they do stuff like it in Naruto, <laughs> um, just with the, the finger bending. But yeah, it's actually a, a pro it's like a tantric process that comes from ancient India. So each so of the like nine seals. Yeah, the, the nine mudras, and then there's a mantra that goes with it, each one, and it kind of unlocks um, different chakra systems. That's what's up. I haven't seen Ruto. Um, it kind of sounds like something they do a little um, in the uh, show, Magicians. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's all right. You'll, you'll, you'll live without seeing it. it. sounds like you're doing the real shit anyway. Um, so what was the uh, initiation thing like? You were talking about like an astral plane and a name and all this stuff? Okay, yeah. Um, so that's an idea that has been really helpful for me is the way they describe different planes of existence. So they use the 10 uh, 
Sephiroth on the tree of life to describe like different layers of existence. So at the bottom you have the densest physicality and then vital plane, then the emotions, then the mind, and then above that is the Dharma plane, which is the plane of wisdom. So I hope I'm not giving away secret information in the Mahadriya right now, but um you're cool. I think I've yeah, been first... to the Dharmic plane, so I'm, I, I'm, I speak upon this as much or as little as you want. If you want to keep things secret, that's fine, that's too. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally um, feel that you have ventured. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, first, when we're like ready for it, when the teacher thinks we're ready, we'll get the name of our soul plane. So it's like our refined Buddha nature at the level of the soul. And then going down one is the level of karma, which is causality. And then one below that is the wisdom plane. So it's, it's accessible um, for people who are, are totally tuned in. The, the soul plane and the, the karma plane are you know, a little bit uh, more subtle. But yeah, my name at the dharma plane is Shanti Shraddha which is peaceful faith. And yeah. That's what's up. Um, I don't know if Raphael wants to talk about this or not. I mean, what I'll say is the experience that I think I had, and I can just briefly go into it. I actually just mentioned it on the last podcast, so I feel a little redundant. Um, but long story short, I'm 35 now. Back in high school in like 2003, my senior year, I was smoking mad weed and tripping on mushrooms and jamming. I played music and stuff like that. And then for some reason... Uh, oh, what happened is I had a mushroom trip where basically I had like a Gnostic experience in the sense that no trip happened, but I was just like aware of the as above, so below nature of reality. I was just like, oh shit. But I wasn't like tripping. It was very weird. It's like I just kind of opened up to the fact or something like that, um, which kind of sent me on this weird rabbit hole of fractals. And this is well before Facebook or um, exactly. YouTube. So I was like, oh shit, you know, everything's infinitely scopic and relative. What the fuck? Like, okay. Like, it just made, I just saw it, but it was, it kind of irked my fragile or whatever, but at the same time, like, clicked. So it felt like a Taoist truth or, you know, some weird shit like that. Um, and lo long story short, I started reading weird books like 2001 A Space Odyssey and just like the book and getting into weird kind of Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. Um, and it ultimately culminated me quitting smoking weed for a while. And I, like, this is before YouTube, so I don't really know why I was doing this. Being led by the Spirit is kind of a Christianese way of putting it. But um, I was just inclined to do these things. And all of a sudden, I started being like, all right, I'm going to run on my treadmill as fast as I can for, like, an hour or two. Listen to, like, G-Unit or The Police or something. One song on a repeat and running on, like, 10 on the treadmill and getting into this high-ass <laughs> trance state, right? So I'm just like, tick, 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 and it's, like, normal feeling. Then I would hop off and I would get my breathing super long and be focusing on my third eye and just all this kind of like Bruce Lee abs or, you know, whatever I was thinking as high schooler. And I did that for That's like a incredible. week or two. Well, right. I feel like it was an initiation, but I have no clue into what or why. Like, I mean, I wish, uh, well, the results kind of speak for themselves. So basically I was doing this. I had no reason to do it. Right. And I was just kind of going through the sober mode. Um, and then all of a sudden after about a week or two of this, I popped out of my body and had an astral projection which i didn't think was even possible i still haven't had one since then like this and i was like listening to music and I'm... oh you clicked off yes listening to oh, music shit. 
Yeah, sorry, I'm using my other phone because this. Anyway, I'll have to be conscious of the <laughs> the clicking off. Um, was listening to music, popped up out of my astral body, and kind of was like, "Oh shit, this is my room. Cool, this is my neighborhood. Cool." Kept kind of going, going, going. Left the Earth plane and saw Earth. I was just like, "Oh, there it is. Well, how far can I go in this bitch or whatever?" And I was just like, Zzz. and I ended up in some kind of. I don't. I mean, when I say 4D, that sounds like loaded. Uh, it was very much like, um, actually very much like Chinese art. I was going to look at the artist's way. It doesn't quite look like that, but kind of like smoky mountains that were like holographic. If you've seen Tron, the new movie, it's like the Outlands or something, or Alex Gray has an um, image in uh, something he's called Dialogue, which is like kind of a grid-like see-through yes. mountains. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of that space. And all of a sudden I was just like, whoa. And I could still hear the music, so I was like tethered, but like, in another place, quote unquote, it felt like a newosphere, like a very mental plane. And then all of a sudden, basically, a dude started walking up to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's Jesus." <laughs> and it wasn't like religious or angels enunciating this or anything. It looked like a Middle Eastern dude he sat down next to me. And this is where synchronicities and like synesthetic kind of experiences, um, set and setting, kind of kick in. So I was listening to Alan Parsons' project, which is the guy who uh, produced Dark to the Moon. He has a side project, and he has an album based off of Isaac Osmov's iRobot book, um, wow. which Will Smith was in. But anyway, he has a concept album called iRobot. It's funky. It's cool. It's, it's interesting. In the 70s, very kind of psychedelic 70s rock. And there's this one moment in that where there's a cacophonic core vocal choir, and it sounds like it sounds like losing your mind or how like deconstructing or whatever. And that was the part when I when this Jesus character come up came up to me, I was like, that had tricked tripped on that track or whatever so all of a sudden i'm hearing like the most hellish sounds possible and i look down in this kind of like plane or whatever and all of a sudden i see this like writhing inky blackness and he was like uh i went there and you know like i don't know if it was like animated void or what it was but like he's like i went there so you didn't have to and then i slammed back into my body and i sat Holy there I'm like what shit. the fuck yeah exactly so i mean this wasn't like sunday school felt boards christianity it was kind of like gnostic shit and i and i don't proselytize people i mean that was important to me for some reason at that point um i still consider myself a christian because on dmt i'm talking like egyptian de deities and they're like you're a christian i'm like what uh so um in any event that's kind of what i was saying might be that level of the astral you had referenced earlier where it's like i think i might have been to this place um but i don't yeah, know yeah exactly. that's incredible well, I don't want to ramble. This is uh, about you. But anyway, I wanted to interject that point um, because it's like weird shit can happen on and off drugs, kids. Just be aware. There's a lot of a reality out there to explore. So what is the kind of um, what have I mean, are you doing specific meditation techniques or are, you, I mean, are psychedelics involved? Like, how are you trying to access this data? Is it academic in a way or how, how would you process this? Because I've never heard of this. So it's new to me. Yeah, that's. Those are good questions. I just wanted to say that story is incredible and thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I love that you got to that place through this extreme discipline of, of running on the treadmill and then the one song on repeat. And uh, it says in, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, the way, like one of the, the key ways is through tapas to, to find yoga. And that's discipline, like super hard constant discipline and we can totally get into altered states through any repetitive practice and that kind of um 
the majority of the tantric, you know, Vajrayana style change your consciousness meditations that we do in Mahadriya are repetitive and they are um, almost like trials where, you know, say this mantra, you know, nine times 108 times one day and then do that for 12 days straight to charge a consciousness you know in your soul <laughs> so um that's funny because i've definitely like taken a word like peanut butter and said it a bunch of times and it starts losing its meaning <laughs> you start disassociating and like whoa let's go what does this mean it's just grunts and stressed syllables what the fuck is language <laughs> yeah. do you find that happening with the magical stuff you do am i the only one who just like like it can't be just me this happens to it's like words start losing their meaning and I mean, at least with peanut butter, maybe there's no spiritual fucking essence behind the word peanut <laughs> That's butter. So funny. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, people totally, I think little kids totally do this because they're, you know, they're very connected. But yeah, um, if you repeat something like that, it totally brings you into a state of trance. You know, you get into an altered state just from that. And my teacher has a funny thing where if you just contemplate a banana and like repeat the word banana, endlessly you will find god that way like you can find you can use any path to get to god but you know it might not be um very focused on what you wanted but it will be a way to bring your mind into a completely clear state that's interesting seems like a similar methodology um rafael you have any in thoughts or insights on what we're saying thusly well it's true what can i say I mean, I guess it's just absurd because we've made such a dr drama down here. Uh, so what are your presuppositions ontologically in terms of like yugas and stuff like that? Do you think we're in a dense time? Do you think it's all good always and our culture is like a virus, like in a McKenna sense? Um, how, do you, how do you apprehend the pure moment of Ness versus all the kind of attached distortions that we maybe have going on? I tend to be a severe optimist and i'm very excited to live in this time um i think you know my dad was very religious um growing up and he told me something that always has very much stuck with me uh he was like a believer in the end times and i can totally see that today oh, we're in an apocalypse that's for fucking sure <laughs> i know i find that really um, I know a lot of people are going through some very terrible things and I don't want to be insensitive to the very real suffering that's happening right now, but I find it quite exciting because I see that we're encountering um, a transformation that has never before happened and especially not in, in such a technological time. And so people are being given this crazy, kind of scary opportunity to experience reality in a, a way that's completely different from anything else that's been it's like a interruption of the status quo um but yeah my dad would tell me um in the end times shit will hit the fan big time and it's gonna look terrible but the people with real faith will know this as a sign and they will not fear because they have the faith and they know that it's just part of the plan well, you're not being insensitive. That's funny because the podcast right before this, I, we started off and we're talking about like I've been in an existential funk today, and I know Mercury just went into retrograde in Scorpio, and 
Mars is in retrograde. I don't want to blame the astrology too much, um, but at some level, like even the Schumann resonance, I think blacked out. Like there's just weird shit going on. And, Whoa, I didn't know that could happen. Right. Well, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know the detail. Like, well, the, uh, well, how would I say blacked out? Uh, the data that was coming in on this website that I looked at is just like they, it's like you know, copy cut or you know, edit cut. Like it's like gone. So Whoa. I don't know what that's about. But this <laughs> did happen like uh, about a month ago, maybe. There was, it looked, I mean, this is where you start getting into, like, what is this fucking machine? Uh, things with, like, mandala effects and stuff like that. Um, with the Schumann, which I think you know it is, it sounds like you know it is, but basically, if people don't know what it is, it's like this resonance between Gaia, essentially, and humans. And um, basically, about a month ago, and I'll have to send you a link, like, literally, there was, like, like oh, how would I even explain it? It was, like, a freezing glitch. Like, normally, it's, like, a heartbeat kind of pattern or whatever. It's doing its own, like you know electromagnetic thing so it's kind of all over the place and it did one what it literally looked like they took one kind of like you know one one uh maybe one 30 second note in a i don't know if you compose on like garage band or anything but like if the whole bar is like what it's normally showing you just take a slice of that and then just it was like a glit like a straight up glitch uh and then people were finding star language in it and stuff and this is where i, I mean i'm a double tone i so i'm curious about these things but i'm also like does anybody know what the fuck is going on here are we making up stories and projecting this like what's going on so fascinating times none is kind of the bottom line um i was raised a christian too you're from the mid-atlantic so you might have heard of tim keller up in redeemer presbyterian church that's where my grandparents started his church (laughs) you're you'll live without knowing about it but the point is coming from that same kind of energy which makes me wonder if you know that's so deeply imprinted that i have these psychedelic experiences or astral projections and now I can't shake the programming so to speak um, so it sounds like you haven't uh... you blacked out oh my bad it sounds like you haven't dipped too hard into the mystical part of the Christianity of the five branch masters thing um, are you just trying to kind of explore new turf in a sense um I guess it just hasn't really called to me, but if you're going to share something about mystical Christianity, I would love to hear it. Oh, I don't necessarily have anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm at oh, a point where it's okay. like, I'm a Christian by name, but like, I think, I mean, personally, for uh, Christians think I'm a fucking wizard, occultist, you know, devil, whatever. Yeah. And then non-Christians like, stop mentioning Jesus <laughs> or whatever. I don't do it as much now, but I used to be like, this shit matters. Y'all. Grace is important. And oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Because I see, at least in a Kabbalistic sense, it being a kind of a middle path, um, where you have severity and mercy, you know, masculine, feminine, kind of hard attributes in Yahweh and the Holy Spirit in that sense. Um, and I'm, I don't know, it's funny, because I'm personally going through this weird transition where I think I'm losing the faith that I was raised in, but it's like the verbiage isn't totally leaving my lexicon in that sense. So I'm not just running from it like, fuck Christianity, I'm out of here, this is such bullshit. Um, even the Dalai Lama, I think... Uh, in the book on compassion I read of his like maybe a year or two ago he's like yo if you you know thank what you've come through like it's made you who you are like you can't just like you know don't just be like you know fuck that shit I'm out of here like you can do that but it's like that's not maybe the best way to go about it although he is a cancer so maybe he's really sensitive about it but the point is um, yeah there's elements of Christianity that have stuck and as far as stories go it's a good story like I, I like the idea of you know I mean, the, be- the better parts of it, like Isaiah prophecies or whatever, it's like, you know, New Jerusalem and everyone loves each other. And, oh my gosh, the tree of life, we live forever, that kind of stuff. But I don't know how much that is culturally bound 
I don't know how much that is uh, edited or redacted, uh, and that gets into exactly. you know, the veracity. So uh, it seems like, I mean, I won't get into it much, but like my first time doing DMT, I blasted off and found myself in this Hall of Mott type situation and was talking to Egyptian deities basically about my faith. They're like, you know, you're a Christian. And I had a Kundalini activation with that experience. So it's like, it seems important and relevant, but I don't try to proselytize it, though I will defend it, if that makes sense. Like we've had Christians out here and I'm like picking it apart and like, what about this? What about this? Is the snake Promethean, <laughs> you know, Raphael got into that. It's like how necessary was the fall yeah. in that model or whatever. Um, anyway, I'm kind of rambling. What kind of direction do you want to take this in? There's so many rabbit holes and you're cool as fuck, so we could kind of go anywhere you want. Yeah, um, definitely lots of different ways we can go. I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, the I feel like the most exciting message of Jesus is that he wanted us to know that we can do what he did and we didn't really um need to bow like a lot of people bow and worship and i think that's kind of the wrong way to go about it we should be inspired to try to walk like that and it's you know extremely um a high goal to try to be like that but i mean why would you not try to evolve and, and be a better person um or you know, if you want to go all the way and believe that you can do miracles, I that's something I believe in. Um, but I think, you know, what you're saying, like how culturally bound is the story? I think that's where religion, so to speak, can become a little bit of a dangerous territory because there are certain truths that are expressed by the tradition, but there is, of course, the cultural trappings, and it totally traps people, and it can sometimes prevent others from connecting to that. And I think if we can extract the treasure, extract the the wisdom uh, treasures from those, then we can, you know, bring them to humanity or bring them to our own lives in a way that's really going to make a difference today. Right, Kabbalah is a good example. It's like that. I mean, Judaism is a too appealing to everybody but for some reason a lot of mystics and kind of esotericists maybe even hippies and new age types get drawn into that world um what about kabbalah appealed to you at i think that was like one of the first things that came up when i was 13 searching spells and magic um i found like the i think it was like the lesser banishing ritual the pentagram and invoking archangels and you know drawing these powerful symbols made of light and i was like whoa this is awesome this is the you know the kind of magic i would dream about or and then you know i found it and i was like wow this actually i can feel a change in my consciousness by doing this stuff but yeah um in mahadria we study the archangels and how they embody virtues and how important it is to well how valuable it can be to sit with that consciousness and get into the state of virtue so you can go out in the world and embody that. So do you look at these archangels or maybe other deities as algorithms in a vibratory frequency sense? Or are these like, are we anthropomorphizing, uh, anthropomorphizing um, frequency essentially? Or do you look at this as intelligent other? Like, how do you look at that personally? I love how that you said that i think that's a really cool way of looking at it you said like a, a mathematical algorithm how did you say it 
Oh, don't ask a Gemini what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, no, I liked what you said about... Um, well, Jim, what you just asked is whether angels, or the way we describe them, are anthropomorphized frequency. However, I would contend that you are anthropomorphized frequency, just as I am. Oh, wow, yeah, definitely we are. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, in terms of archangels, I like how you called them like a mathematical resonance or something we can tune into. The archangels are described in my tradition as, or maybe in Kabbalah as a whole, as a plane of reality. So while an angel would be like a node in that web, an archangel would be like the, the whole field. No, I so can I dig that. I don't know if it would. No, I mean, well, I'm I not getting. I don't know if we'll get to conclusive. This is the answer. I think that's part of this podcast where we just kind of run around the answers enough where we get an idea of what the thing might be. Kind of like, oh, well, there's a trunk exactly. and there's a foot and there's a tusk. Um, it's funny because I remember having a mushroom trip distinctly where I was listening to Chakra, uh, you know, doing mudras, focusing on um, Samuel Ferrand, um Chakra cards or something I bought a few years ago that are dope. I use them a lot, and uh, it felt like I was getting nestled and like nesting into certain levels of consciousness. I mean, it was like, okay, this is this, this is this flavor, and this is, you know, it felt a little like how would I put it, in, a little like an inside out when you go to different zones, where it's like, oh, this is your, you know, memories of your childhood, and, and down over here is your logic structure. It felt like that, but more uh, higher, uh, like uh, up to down, like instead of like horizontal, like inside out um more vertically integrated i mean like chakras like okay this is this bandwidth down here and it's weird because you can at least at the time and i don't do a very good job of it and i should probably consciously try to do it more um you can nestle into it i mean you can like dwell there in a sense yes is there anything you want to say about that sound like it registered oh it sounded like you wanted to continue but i wanted to confirm no like, i yes. can stop anytime uh, the, uh, chakras are funny because I mean my fiance is sometimes like she was looking and this was a big thing a few years ago people were like take off your J seals get rid of your chakras they're a trap um, the, one of the downsides of yeah postmodernism and like the end of the Pisces age is there's so much fucking information going around and so many people who can be very fervent and compelling as well as delusional and whatever on all levels that it's hard I mean I guess one's truth experientially is one's truth but that at least for a Gemini and I'm sure you can understand can be very influenced by the information and the hearsay so to speak of others so it's like um, chakras seem legit to me I mean they work I've worked on them I like doing them it seems to be like focal points of consciousness whether they're things in and of themselves or just kind of like symbol sets that you know like kind of almost like a uh, what's the word um like holographic talismans or who knows like it seems like we can zone in on certain things and our monkey minds need that in order to like transcend kind of like what we we're saying with the mantras or it's like sure use the words but then at some point you get past that symbol altogether and you enter in a new domain exactly eventually um after you've been you know steeping in that consciousness you get to the pure aspect of that consciousness without the the tools that you needed to get there so I'm curious if you like what your view on morality is. I mean, you're a positive optimist. It sounds like, you know, super like everything's awesome. It's, it's working. The dream's going forward as it should be. 
how do you view the idea of evil or shadow work or you know ignorance any of this kind of stuff jesus was like forgive them they don't know what the fuck's going on but it's like it's all suffering uh do you have like an opinion on that yeah this one can get a little challenging and a little triggering um i believe never that... apologize feel free Shoot ah, <laughs> good point i believe that freedom is absolute and so that opens up a big can of worms um, in regards to good and evil. Um, I believe in the value of virtue, and that's the path I walk and I follow. But I also can't blame animals for doing what animals do. And I can't blame, you know, all of the faces that nature shows us. So it is what it is. Raphael's definitely talked about that before because I, I maybe just the Christianity thing and having dealt with like night terrors where the name of Jesus is the only thing that kind of gives it to go away. Whatever. I've been there. Uh, yeah, not not ideal. Um, bad frequency. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's not fun. And even if it's just biological, like I don't know, signals not firing properly in the brain, it's not fun. Uh, and then we can over spiritualize it potentially. I've want. I mean, not to be materially reductionistic. I've wondered, you know, if the DMT trips and stuff is like parts of your brain talking to each other in like different abstract ways than we would like especially in psychedelics and it but that kind of strips away the magic in a sense but i, so I, I wonder, feel like it's yes and right 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 do you want to elaborate on that i mean it's like it's obviously because we've had colin smith on a few times and he gets into very much like i mean we can get into like you know the skull is shaped this way and this is the temple the holy of holies and this is the ark of the covenant and the part of your brain like it gets into like illuminated materialism <laughs> in a sense right where it's like holy shit we're in a living dream and it goes very deep 100 percent. uh but it's but it's not like i think a lot of new age types are like this doesn't matter this is just a dream and it's like it seems the specifications are very exact like even the relationship between the sun and the moon and earth and all you know all this kind of crazy shit where it's like what exactly um anything you want to say yeah. to that i think that you know while this may be a dream that some say i feel like this is an incredible blessing to be incarnate in the flesh and part of how exciting that is is to you know bring or to wake up fully to the divine that is alive as the flesh so I think it's very important to unite the two, to not run away from the animal that we are, um, and to find the sacred that is here. And that's challenging for a lot of people because of, you know, shame or just how they've been brought up to run away to higher realms, which can be a, a totally valid part of the path, but you need to come back on earth to live and to walk with those insights that you've gained Rough, I feel uh, like I'm missing something. No, you're not missing shit. Uh, I mean, it's both in, like you're saying. Um, I mean, we're. I mean, this depends on presuppositions, but it seems like we're part animal, right? The raw. I haven't read the raw channel material, but it seems like you know there's layers of organization and intelligence that you know stones. You know, once nature gets situated in a certain level of consciousness, like like you know, like the stones, like you know, rocks, whatever the fuck. Uh, all of a sudden plants maybe be able to grow and then animals can grow from that and then humans and then we're kind of just going from there um but that's not the limitation of it it's funny because i tend to i mean i'm pretty reasonable so it's like i don't find 
you know, like whether it's the golden ratio in human beings or just the nature of like we were talking about like esoteric like anatomy essentially, which is kind of the Adam Kadmon Kabbalistic kind of way. Yes. Um, it seems important. It doesn't seem arbitrary. Let's put it that way. And I don't know how much of us, how much of it's us hyping it up and we're like, wow, look how awesome this is. Um, I don't think I'm deluding myself with that. Like doing a lot of acid back in 2013, 2014, um, or maybe 14, 15. No, no, whatever. Jim. By now you should know it's all completely random. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not. I've never thought it was random. I'm always gonna be a theist, it seems. But um, it seems like I don't know. Maybe people threw the bath, maybe out with the bathwater in a lot of like ways. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. We got distracted in terms of like performance in the machine as opposed to like the details. I guess some traditions haven't lost sight of it. Maybe just Western culture got way into Nickelodeon and fucking MTV and stuff like that and stopped <laughs> caring so much about, you know, the the ratios between your finger bones meaning something in Mayan. You know, just like stuff like that, right? But it's weird because I think people like yourself and some of these guests we've had on before, Colin Smith, keep the tradition alive in their own way and then I stumble upon it and then ask them dumb questions. And that's how this thing works. I'm like, yo, what are you seeing? Because I guess I just got very disenchanted by the machine through the machine, if that makes sense. It's like, yo, vote, go have kids, get an education, whatever, like all this kind of stuff. Uh, and that's not the meaning of life, but we've made those kind of programs master algorithms, and it's like not even really the main point in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's definitely a different way to relate to reality than a lot of Western culture is. And it's really cool that you say you're um, bringing up the temple divine in the body. I think it helps to see the body in that way. And yeah, you can go way overboard with it too. But, you know, it, if it excites people to see the flesh as divine, it's a useful tool to incarnate that. And I remember what I was thinking about mentioning earlier was when you asked me about shadow work. And I think that's so important and it's really hard work, but it helps integrate the full truth of what you are and it helps to accept the animal and be the animal and a spiritual being. And yeah, definitely, definitely very important to go into just to, you know, wake up to the fullness of what you are and your power. It's funny to me how people articulate this and like embody it in a sense. I think Geminis do it in a certain way. We're very dualistic. Raphael's a Libra. He's doing it in a more chill way, dare I say. Um, but he's coming to similar conclusions. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bashar, who's channeled by Daryl Anka. But I'm kind of wondering, like his whole thing is like, there's nothing outside of you. Like it's all you. And that gets very solipsistic in a sense. And I yeah. don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, how do you participate with other, quote-unquote, uh, whether it's the other of self in an internalized Jungian shadow sense, or if it's like loving your enemy, or how do you how do you process that level? Well, that's an awesome question. Um, let me think about that. I was like, that might put you on. How about this? We'll take a quick music break, um, and you can collect your thoughts. We don't have to come to some golden chalice and drink from it and all like wake up high. You know, it's like, it's whatever. I'm just kind of curious, Gemini life. So I'm always like, what do you guys see? If you had asked me that exact question, I'd be like, I have no fucking clue or whatever, right? So I ask more complicated questions than I think the answer probably is. But um, this track I picked 
if it's lined up right, is a Royksop track called, I think it's called Only This Moment. You had said something uh, in your journal that, uh, entry, which I would love you to reread at some point, about um, basically, here it is, be here now kind of shit. Expecting me to play it, right? Well, here we go. Well, I don't know. I was expecting Whoa. That was epic. That was unexpected. And uh, for once, we actually weren't the ever so slight edit just to people, you know, don't that go crazy. That was dope. That was a little so, uh, universe that was born there. Well, we can leave it in that was the monitor line. But here we go with music. Enjoy. And we are back. So I think that, I mean, I don't remember all the lyrics, but that song is pretty much like, you know, all it's here and it's almost perfect, all this kind of stuff. Very cool band, Roik's Up. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, I remember that song from like age 17 or something. So that's really cool. That's what, How old are you now? I am 28. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, it's older stuff for sure. I mean, about 10 years older, so um so i forgot even what my original question was uh, i remember it word well have you contemplated and steeped in your own uh answer yeah um i think you asked how do you participate with other right right and you you brought up the idea that you think it's all you or you know what's going on there um i totally think that we live in a fractal reality and it is different at different planes of existence so from like god's perspective from the divine plane yes it is all us but there's like no separation at that level but then it all exists at once so you know denser into matter if we can only perceive from that plane then we see the separation so it's unique individuals communicating but if we're aware of ourselves as that divine self then that's we all always see as ourselves i mean i think in a christian sense that'd be in the image of god kind of stuffs um brahma and atman kind of stuffs even jonathan edwards who is actually i think from new jersey um the protestant uh, priest he went to princeton maybe that's what i'm thinking of like 17 or something crazy uh he basically thought we were machinations in the mind of god even though he was a you know protestant reformed preacher or whatever got a lot of shit for that um Raphael definitely knows that i asked this court same kind of questions about the same kind of shit he seems really settled on it and i maybe it's my gemini nature i don't know <laughs> but it seems i'm just perplexed by that i even posted something in t rabbit hole on the meme page today um about this you know it's like shows the universe and then it's holding its hand up and all the fingers are individuals having individual experiences i think intellectually i get it uh psychedelics and meditation help me see it but it seems like i snap out of that fucking mode so quickly especially in a very political oh, kind yeah. of time <laughs> so people are making the difference is very much known like with 27 gender names or you know all the kind of stuff that's happening right now um so how do you maintain a balance of that awareness that's the path of yoga i mean if if yoga is union with consciousness or whatever it is um it's walking the path it's the path to sainthood you know 
the path to full realization to enlightenment it's that question inspires all the spiritual evolution and all the you know processes you can do all prayer to unite with god consciousness and be able to perceive from that level so it's a it's a path and you know we can get glimpses of it through awakenings or dreams or um you know psychedelics and theogens but yeah if you love it so much <laughs> totally steep yourself in that consciousness in practice and it'll become a little more common i think it'll become closer so Raphael, i'm curious i mean is are all these attempts i mean what well, religion religion means to realign or something and yoga means union it's already the case and we've just forgotten it seems and that's yuga kind of based thinking or how, how do you guys um look at this i know i ask the same fucking questions all the time this is basically my psychotherapist couch for myself largely and then my that's gemini awesome. monkey mind i'm like oh you guys are cool let's let's ask the pokemon why she's a pikachu and does electric shit and says pika pika um but yeah <laughs> how are you guys how are you guys seeing i mean are the so are the way she... back illusions or necessary way back how do you mean well, all these attempts to unify and clear and experience different levels. I mean, should we just sit here and like look at the wall and understand that it's all good? Or is experiencing these levels of the fractal a permission slip, I guess, as Bashar would say? And it's all good. You can go to different zones of the cake, you know, play on the icing, sure, go play in the, in the center, yeah. go play on the candles. It's all the cake, though. So, like, are we making much ado about nothing? Or, like, are these kind of deviations and um, distinctions phenomenologically important? Well, the area we're in is also kind of defined by making much ado about nothing, in a sense, you know? Could you care to elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, well, in all the whole thing, also, we discussed last show about taking it seriously. So you put yourself in a position that you really deem it serious, and it's a life and death you know your existence is at stake i mean that's the fundamental thing again all the confusion and illusion and the possibility for manipulation again as we understand by now at the core is due to the fear of death and uh yeah that's what it comes down to and uh, all the religions i would say are cultural fragments of a shattered realm there is even the galactic uh, perspective that kind of implies aside from manipulation genetically and others that there was a time when let's say giants walked upon the earth i mean this is even biblical is it not who may have had even advanced consciousness in a sense and may at least partially have been really benevolent partially certainly not we have the whole you know enki and enlil stories and all of that and that through that also culturally and cataclysm and uh, traumatic events and the yuga maybe as well people got conditioned into the idea of needing an authority or an intermediary between themselves and uh, source consciousness and uh, we're kind of still dealing with the fallout of all of those situations although as corinne pointed out uh, within the core there is always you know the proper thread available 
word. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm on my better days. I'm less confused. It feels like, uh, you know, the day after or during an acid peak or something like, oh, this is, I get it. I see it. And then I come back and I'm just like, uh, it's very much like the Terrence Malick film, Prince of Cups or Knight of Cups rather. Um, where it's just like, I, I can't. I don't want to demonize the situation. Like the Gnostic situation is like, oh, let's get out of this. Or the Buddhist, in a sense, is like, this is an illusion, escape the matrix or whatever. And it feels like I've always related more with the Christian thing where it's like, this needs to be redeemed. It's beautiful. It's fine. Yeah. Or even in, in a Hindu sense, it's like, this is just Krishna's flute jam. Just enjoy the tune or whatever. Yes, um, exactly. So, but there's kind of a distinction there. One is like, you're in a prison cell, wake up, get out, be for Vendetta style. One's like, I love decorating these walls with the wallpaper I love. And I'm going to Yeah, well, but, you know, I can still decorate the place while, you know, walking out of it or whatever, making it bigger. You know, these ideas are not necessarily mutually exclusive. I would actually say that they're not exclusive at all if approached with the right consciousness. I think that allegory is more like to get out of the cave is not to leave the physical realm but just to leave the mental blocks that have trapped us into this idea of the way life should be but there's like a different way to relating to life and i think that um to answer some of your other questions this is like god wanting to experience incarnation in the flesh that's how I see it. And, you know, you asked about the way back. Are they illusions? I think there's two different ideas that I see. There's the idea of the path where you're walking like a straight path forward through, you know, whether it be a tradition or a practice. But then um, the way Mahadriya relates to it, Mahadriya means the great field. And it's the idea that we are all dwelling in this great field of Rama's creation, and that we're here simply to experience and to play. There's no specific path and nowhere to be, and freedom is absolute. But that's just one tradition among many. What came to mind, I don't know if you guys are into Sonic the Hedgehog, there's like Sonic 3D or something like that back in the day where you'd like get a moment where you could walk in any like uh, coordinates, but it was kind of like... 3D-ish, uh, and it was kind of like, you can go anywhere, kind of. And I mean, that's the nature of video games and like, uh, you know, XYZ kind of coordinations in video games. So I'm curious what your connection with the artist's way is. We had brought that up. First of all, do you mind rereading that um, excerpt from your journal? You know, I was trying to find it, and I forgot to check what page it was on, and I totally lost it. In the it. wind. Gone in the wind. It's all good. We'll, we'll pretend it's like a mandala and we'll just deal with the beauty being cast aside or whatever. It was good to hear it. Like, uh, Rafa was getting drinks or whatever, and I was checking my internet, and you were like, I don't know if anyone's in the green room, but I'm going to read this. And I was just like, you wrote that? That was heady and beautiful. It's dope. Very Gemini stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, for sure. I mean, if you want to read any excerpt, feel free. But uh, do you want to read something, or should I just stop beating that horse? Um, I'm actually leafing through trying to find something cool to read, but there's a I lot bet it's of material. All okay. Because, I mean, I, you were talking about paths. I think one of the more in compelling videos I saw you talking about live on Facebook a month or two ago um, was talking about switchbacks uh, and how progress seems, yes. you know, it's not always just like a straight shot. Uh, there's, you know, the, the long and winding road, as McCartney would say. It's like it goes a lot of which ways, and it might 
look in a certain context, uh, you know, in an X, um, Y coordinate plane situation, like you're going quote backwards, but it might be going up simultaneously, kind of like a mountain switchback road. I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I think that was kind of the gist. Yeah, it was the idea that um, when you're climbing the mountain, you have to crisscross back and forth up the mountain because a straight shot up would be too steep. And sometimes it feels like you're turning around, but you're still gaining altitude. <laughs> yeah, I live in Colorado, and switchbacks are necessary to get up any crazy mountain. Um, there's passes or whatever. you got to go back and forth. There's no way to go up. And it reminds me, my brother and I went to Rocky Mountain National Park when I first moved here after living in Hawaii and stuff. I came here, and we decided to climb over the face of this hill. And towards the yeah. top, it was basically so vertical. I was, like, clinging to grass. like, <laughs> And I was just like, are we going to die? Am I going to fall backwards? So, yeah, going back and forth. It might even take longer, uh, but it might be safer. And it isn't it, the the uh, regression is just an illusion. Exactly. So yeah, um, the artist's way. So I have two hundred and sixty pages written out longhand from when I began, and it feels like I'm holding treasure. So we should say the artist's way is a book. I've kind of slash titled this episode the artist dao because the dao is the way or whatever or an artist dao your dao uh it says it's a spiritual path to higher creativity by julia cameron i was gifted this by my nana she was like i saw this at a yard sale i think you'd want it or something i've never fucked with it i've always been it's like literally i've taken it everywhere i've taken it to ecuador maybe when i went there and just didn't wow. fuck with it so it's been around the world but i haven't messed with it for some reason and now that we're talking about it uh, I should probably do it. It seems, I mean, compelling. I've just been distracted, as a Gemini will be, or lazy, uh, as a North Node Taurus might be. So um, tell me a little about how you turned on to it and what it means to you. It seems you've interacted with it quite a bit. Yes. Um, so I've known about it for years and years. And an artist I know, Jake Cobrin, decided to put together a group course where we go through the the book and he's been um an incredible person to watch his journey he's a visionary artist and he's also really involved in you know podcasts and higher consciousness and you should totally have him on here one day oh but, yeah I was, I was thinking oh, about yeah. exactly that. i was like oh shit we got another epi coming up here Raphael. oh yeah but yeah um it was a 12-week course and there was a group of people going through the um each week each chapter and following the morning pages and we we're all painters kind of trying to unblock ourselves and reclaim that creative power and holy shit was that powerful um to be in the group um he would bring in professional artists who are working one every week like chris dyer was there with us talking to us and answering our questions one week which is fucking incredible and yeah just the act of letting your consciousness come out in a stream with no um, censorship in a page every single morning the idea is that it trains you to create on demand and not wait for inspiration and it also puts your consciousness on the page to see it instead of just floating around your head which for creative people is a big challenge because often we'll have so many ideas and not be able to capture them all but this is a way that 
you know, we're crystallizing our thoughts and crystallizing our desires. And so it helps us to know ourselves better and also to, you know, realize the shit that we want to do. Like if something comes up again and again, maybe we should actually create it. Yeah, because that's how I stumbled, like I said, stumbled upon your work. It was through your art. So it seemed like, you know, not she. she's not just daydreaming on acid, cool shit. She's like drawing it out, like making it happen. I'm a musician. Yeah. Um, so it's a little similar but different, same thing but different, um, just to get shit done and recorded or whatever instead of just like noodling. Um, but Rafa, have you, have you ever heard of this artist way book? Not what book exactly. It's called The Artist's Way. I'll send you a link or something. I mean, I've thought about doing a group with it. Was that a paid group or is that just a free thing on Facebook? What was that all about? Yeah, I totally paid him because I know he's a super valuable person to talk to. He also offers coaching and I've done coaching calls with him. So yeah, anyone listening who's an artist, definitely check him out. Um, but yeah, it it's worth doing a group. And Jim, if you did a group, if it was paid or free i would check it out too so it's just way more useful for accountability if you have other people doing it with you because it's hard to, it's easy to fall off i mean if you're just doing it on your own noted yeah it seems just like a uh, kind of uh i mean it was beyond creative writing i haven't even totally skimmed it but it's like yeah we're gonna pioneer a way to tap into your creativity always and not like she was saying having it on demand sounds like a good thing uh like it's coming from a good ethos it's not just about like let's make you know as much money as possible necessarily the money is fine at that level or but it seems like it's it's a very poetic um uh, way of trying to approach writer's block essentially yeah it's a way to approach creativity as a spiritual path so there's a lot of you know tapping into your soul going on there and a lot of um delving into your past as well through the there's exercises through the book too and um there's artist dates where you you bring yourself to a new place to have that sense of discovery and to to feed your your inner artist she says and it's for anyone even if you're not a writer um the writing can fuel music it can fuel painting acting anything that's what's up. So you've written quite a, a book's length in response to it. What are some of the highlights of that experience? Um, it Well, yes, it made me realize how easy it would be to actually write a book. Three pages every day. And yeah, it's quite thick now. Um, I use one of those school binders with the loose leaf pages and that really works for me i know a lot of people um their journal is fancier but machiavelli yeah. whatever works it's like you know exactly. uh, you're talking about i mean loose leaf I, I get what you're saying you can add a lot more that way i mean you could add it you know transfer it geez like other ways notebooks are like oh it's bound and i'm stuck or all these journals don't match or something like that i'm not too picky exactly. aesthetically at that level but yeah function over form sometimes uh, in that sense so um you were saying it was like I, I mean how would i put it like you know a pothead is always smoking pot to get high were you getting creatively high off this was it continual and and uh how would i say it? not guaranteed yes. but like kind of like you knew what to not necessarily details what to expect but like you could step up and have an experience or whatever definitely it's it gets the momentum going and so there would be days where if I, you know, skipped it 
for the morning, I would feel like I hadn't had coffee or something. It would feel like I was out of whack and I wouldn't feel right until I, I did this again. So it was, you could really tell the difference in, you know, getting to know yourself and getting clarity in your head first thing in the morning. And it totally lights the fire of inspiration. So yeah, it was like a creative high, but totally constructive. So let's talk a little about your art. Um, were you always doing a certain kind of medium? Have you gone, I mean, you said your family wasn't, your mother's side was like into painting. Did you start with painting? Did you draw? I mean, do you have a preference in terms of color versus black and white? I'm an art history dropout, so I can kind of geek out down this rabbit hole, but um, I don't do fine art myself. So um, yeah, just tell me a little about your method, maybe your philosophy going in, inspirations, you know, your blue period versus your cubist period, whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I started out first with graphite pencil drawings and, you know, for, let me think, at least from age 13 to 17 was when I started getting more spiritual and less dark. But from those ages, I was doing dark art in pencil. And then, um, through a lot of spiritual practice, you know, moderate amounts of cannabis, <laughs> I started painting visionary art in like full rainbow spectrum. So complete 180 and doing the work that really makes me feel uplifted and happy. Uh, I really enjoy oil painting, um, but Throughout the entire transition, I did a lot of digital art as well. So a lot of digital painting has been present. Um, but yeah, oil paint is my go-to. Yeah, I mean, on your Facebook, I'm pretty sure a lot of those pictures are yours. Can't guarantee. Um, They're but, all, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like beautiful shit. And I don't celebrate media. I mean, it's awesome. You know, folk art's cool, and I'm glad kids can fucking like kazook orchestras and stuff like mediocrity is fine at a level but like you're doing really high caliber shit um do you have any uh, it seemed like you were doing a mural uh recently uh, like what what are kind of some of the projects do you do you do like thematic based iterations like oh, i'm doing shiva only for a while or how, how are you kind of going through your own um content that's an interesting question um yeah i was Actually, that's really inspiring because I was actually thinking about doing a lot of drawings of Ganesh to prepare for a project. Um, and yeah, that's cool. The recent mural that I did was kind of, I met this guy somewhere on Facebook and then um, he actually runs an arcane library and he's a Taoist master. So he built a temple in his backyard and... I was doing these traditional Chinese style landscape paintings in black and white and exploring um, the Chinese calligraphy. So I was doing some of that and then we got to chatting and the talk for this mural has, has been going on for about a year. So finally manifested that. Um, but I, I really, you know, even though visionary art in rainbows is my mainstay, I love to experiment with different styles, different mediums. I really enjoy landscapes, traditional landscapes, and I want to start doing more portraits um, as well. But yeah, iteration is 
such a useful technique to really developing a vision. And I have sketchbooks upon sketchbooks full of things that have never really seen the light of day. But those, all that trial and error has defined and shaped the stuff I make today just with simple mark making. So it's all valuable. It seems you have a, um, an eye for details, shading. I mean, you can kind of do whatever, but it seems like there's a, a certain style. How would you describe your style? And does the symbol of the hummingbird mean something specifically for you? Yeah, um, the hummingbird is actually kind of a family symbol. We, growing up, um, my artist grandmother, my mom's mom, we called her Grandma Hummingbird. And we have a bit of uh, Native American blood, so it was kind of like spirit animal, sort of. But that's always been a symbol for the women in, in my family. Um, so that's part of it. And the style, what really... What shows up in a lot of my personal art is these waves of energy. It's like bubbles and this these waves that almost describe a subtle energy moving through things. So that's present in pretty much all of my art that I do personally. And it's in an effort to describe states of mind and states of consciousness and, and the subtle energies that are also present um, transformative states that's kind of where i'm moving is um, i have thoughts of making a series of portraits that show people in altered states or just in the states of uh, extreme joy and having this energy around them that kind of demonstrates that and i also have one that i just recently finished um showing like uh, an a very abstract person with one of the mudras of Kujian and this crazy fiery energy around them that kind of illustrates the altered state of consciousness that that practice brings about. So are there any um, kind of, this is a weird question, so are there any kind of turfs that you want to explore and whether philosophically, religiously, or artistically that you haven't yet delved into? Are there things that are knocking on your door? Like, oh, cool, monochromatic, whatever cubism or you know whatever or you know christianity or i mean it seems like you did that trip a little bit yes um but uh <laughs> does it is there anything like are you con uh, content is not the right word are you good where you are or are you feeling an itch to keep going somewhere else like do you see what i'm saying gemini's have a tendency oh, to be like yeah. i'm here but i'm not really fully here <laughs> uh yeah i don't think i've ever been satisfied i'm always hungry and you know some paths that are open before me um psychology actually you know counseling psychology um it really fits in with what i want to continue doing as a buddhist teacher to be there for people who want to grow and want to evolve but i want to bring in traditional psychoanalytic and, and therapeutic um, techniques so i can have more of a basis in what's tried and true um, and then also more yoga philosophy and in terms of artwork a lot more portraits and just a way bigger volume of art that wants to come out um, yeah i i have curiosity across the board i also want to get into more herbalism and um, 
like dietary ayurvedic science so yeah it's constant hunger you could totally do storyboarding i mean i was looking at your landscapes it seems have you ever tried working with other people in a creative endeavor like that like oh i'll draw some artwork and you jam to it or oh you guys have a story here's a comic book storyboard or i mean do you fuck with that kind of stuff oh yeah um i do a lot of different kinds of commissions for people and i don't really post that because it's not my fine art but i will create um you know covers for things album covers um i have done illustrations for stories so yeah definitely um i would love to do more landscapes i think too when you said storyboarding there's like a, a realm that i didn't really go down that path but like um matte painting for animation would be so much fun but yeah maybe that's what i'm thinking like background animate for animations like you create worlds like it's there or like, you know, people who play D&D &D and stuff. Like, oh, look, there's our background for where we are. That's... Oh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've done yeah, that. I was going to say, it seems like you, you can kind of create whatever you want. I mean, you're very creative, so it's dope. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's always fun seeing someone flow in their element. I'm glad you tapped into it and aren't afraid. Strength card, right? It's all about being uh, courageous in your heart, and you're doing a fucking, you're doing it. Uh, some people, I mean, my thing has typically been more self doubt like as an artist how do you get over self-doubt and self-criticism do you just not give a fuck or you know how do you deal with that holy shit yeah um that has been a huge part of my path um it's terrible <laughs> a lot of the time actually but yeah um i honestly feel like i totally have not lived up to my potential and i've i've like sabotaged myself so much because of doubt and just not finish things or not went down paths that I should have. And yeah, going through the Art of the Way course has unblocked so much of that. Like I actually got my paints out and started doing stuff and being hungry again and feeling the feeling of being unblocked. And so if you feel like self-doubt has been a constant problem for you, definitely go through the artist's way course yeah the book's on my bed i intend to skip it i'm not yeah. sure if you're into gene keys i mean I've, the problem with being a fucking gemini so many interests a little time uh and it's like we're okay that. with being like minimally deep you know i'm not trying to be a phd expert in any one thing particularly so it's like that gets boring right so it's just like yeah let's have fun with this like as long as it's interesting and then turn the channel then turn the channel. it's like channel surfing in life it, that can be cool i think that's such a hard challenge to overcome because we can do that and we want to do that but i mean you got to go deep in some things you gotta you know you gotta find mastery in something or else what are you doing you want to be mediocre at everything or my thing is like i'm trying to pick a few areas that I want to go really deep with so I can have that because I totally have been there like so many interests and what am I going to do with that <laughs> you know Gemini. yeah focus can be a problem Raphael what are your thoughts on blocks and self-doubts and things like that well generally not very helpful usually um <laughs> You know, an artist, <laughs> an artist is always one's own uh, biggest critic. 
even though you know there may be collateral manifestations in the outside of someone saying you know your art sucks or you're the devil or something but you know that's just part of the course um i mean of course uh, you haven't i would completely agree you completely haven't fulfilled your potential but the reason because i'm just looking at your pictures and i think it's they're completely amazing and uh just I, love, I love i love the style but of course you haven't fulfilled your potential because you're not dead yet so yeah but i yes. wouldn't be worrying about that <laughs> that's a I really look good at, point i always look at van gogh there's some van gogh in my room that's just like he's a kind of a patron or beethoven to the point where he's gone deaf it's like fuck nothing's guaranteed it kind of puts this extra edge on it and where it's like all... oh shit the muses are talking let's listen I can tell you, I mean, if that's a, you know, a plus or not, but I like at least some of your pictures enough that I would totally ask you if, uh, if we attribute them properly, if we can use them for episodes where we don't have proper cover art instead of using, you know, random pixabay images. Yeah. So yeah, oh, wow. that's what I can say. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, that's really inspiring for me to create more too. I feel like I don't have nearly enough. So yeah, um, definitely. And you said something, uh, one of you said something really cool. The muses are talking and that brings up this idea I have, like when we get a flash of a vision in our head or an inspiration for something, because the mind moves so quickly, we have to put it down right away or that impulse will be gone forever. Especially if it's like, for me, it's like a sketch. If I don't get that down right away, It'll be gone. And so I've tried to start, you know, right away, act on that. It's funny because one of my theories about what being high was in high school, I was like, what is tripping? What is being stoned? I was like, you're watching your imagination burn in front of you or something like that. Like it's, oh in, my God. in some way, like I think that's kind of what you're saying, where it's just like, I've wondered, I don't think it's the case, but I've wondered if I'm like, have I burnt up all my imagination because I've like did drugs or whatever? I don't think it's the case. That's like kind of a negative kind of connotation uh, but i think it turns off certain filters that allows you to see your, you know through your imaginum imagine imaginal eye differently or whatever potentials um and it's really fun uh but at the same time yeah getting that shit down it's one thing to like have an idea it's another thing to make it happen and that is the way of the artist we've got to take these ideas these inspirations and haul them from the water of the collective or personal subconscious uh, or conscious or whatever and get them displayed um, not only for our benefit like our catharsis our productivity our meaning whatever the fuck but it's a key for unlocking somebody else's potential too i mean great art great music has caused people transcendence in so many ways that to not do that is almost selfish i mean sometimes people are like oh you're just so selfish for jam you know playing music all the time or doing art all the time it's like these are keys and i'm leaving them out for others to hansel and gretel unlock their shit with if they find it kind of thing yeah that has been actually that limiting belief of this is selfish or this isn't worth anything has been one of the key things that have held me back from creating and it's so useful to remember that yes this is a path for people to have an experience to find transcendence Well, uh, I think you're cool as fuck. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about that you feel compelled to talk about? Um, well, I found that 
thing I read earlier. <laughs> oh, word. The, the search has garnered results. Go for it. Yes, this is from September 2nd on page 153. You give peace an opportunity to grow when you accept life fully as it is. Now. Yet, and in the same way, we can cultivate in this now feelings of the identity as we wish it to be. So I can find simple peace in the moment, accepting the collaborative creation of God and I, exactly as is, while I remember my beacon, my rocket of desire for things I want to create and do. I let the deep feeling of being constructive return to me. My own optimism, as I consider, what must I do differently to get from here to there? What are the immediate next steps? In my mind, I remember I am an author. In my mind and action. In my free time at home after work, I choose small steps with a constructive state of mind to guide me towards the new now. And that's partly why I picked the song that we heard earlier, because you said something about being in the moment, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a good work so song. So, triggers upon triggers. Uh, you reference when you get home from work, what are you doing as a day gig right now? Um, <laughs> I've moved through a bunch of different things. I Gemini used to life, do graphic Exactly. I used to do graphic design, and now I found myself in an apprentice jeweler's position at Jared's. So basically, I polish gold and tighten diamonds. That's Jared! It's got like this Heathcliff saxophone solo. I know exactly. I mean, I don't get jewelry, but I know what you're talking about. So what, I mean, is that like the ends of the means you need a gig? to pay the bills or like are you into jewelry now okay cool yeah i was like it's, it's artists gotta do what an artist gotta do sometimes um so i mean it could be way worse you could be like you know helping you know old people go to the bathroom or whatever the fuck so it's like cool at least you're playing with jewelry uh what have you learned from that kind of gig yeah patience and being in the moment still like um it's cool that i i get to actually listen to things while i'm Doing well, that? That's a major perk. Instead of like Starbucks, yeah. where you can kind of zone out and listen to music or a podcast, or whatever. Podcasts and audiobooks have been a companion. But yeah, it's cool to observe the quality of the material of gold and of a diamond and to perceive, like, try to perceive um, what the difference is between that and other materials. And yeah, it gets into the observing at different planes of consciousness i i practice that while i'm there because there is like a quality that a diamond has you know the adamantine nature of it and like what is the quality of gold that makes it um extremely conductive but also doesn't tarnish and so i've been kind of observing these <clears throat> material meditations I'm not that familiar. I mean, I'm not like a gemologist. I've got a crystal tarot card deck. It's funny because every day I drink colloidal silver now and um, monotonic gold. So it's like, I vibe gold, um, but I don't really fuck with it. Raphael, are you into jewelry at all? I don't even know if I've ever asked you that. Well, for some time I tried like wearing rings and stuff, but uh, it's not really for me. It's too clunky. It's you know, only things gonna happen is I'm gonna hurt myself. But uh, I actually have one really nice bracelet I wore for some times, but it's kind of like made of metal but thin. 
and it has this beautiful Pali inscription of Omani Pudmahom. So I wore this for some time, but now it has a slight defect, so it might break, so I keep it there. And the only jewelry I wear actively actually is a shakana, you know, like Peruvian style cross, um, made of Palo Santo. Because there it's not heavy, I can't hurt myself, you know, I can't throw it in my own face or whatever, so... You could yeah. burn it if you had to. Exactly, yeah, for emergency purposes. So that's the only thing I use actively, like, on my body in terms of jewelry. I love that idea of imbuing consciousness into matter as a talisman. So it's like the idea, again, of spirit meeting in material. And as humans, we have this this quality where we can put meaning into a physical object and it becomes something so much more than that. Yeah. Right. And just to say, maybe briefly mention, of course, jewelry or, I mean, stones and anything, but especially also jewelry, I guess, can also really help get one into the synchronicity modality and perspective, especially if you see it as a representation of consciousness. You define it within your own framework. For example, with this shakana, it's actually one of my very favorite symbols. <clears throat> and I bought one for myself, I think made of obsidian, like quite a few years back on kind of my first festival, let's say. I wore it for some time and then I gifted it to a friend. Not sure if it ever arrived, but some friend of mine has it now, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then a year ago, I went to this UFO conference and met a really nice guy I immediately connected with because he wore a shakana. And uh, I think a few months later, a really dear friend of mine, like randomly, is like it's like uh, Christmas. And he's like, oh, I want you to have this. And he had this uh, Palo Santo shakana. So, um, I mean, anyone can interpret what they wish now, but the one I bought initially and gifted away was black. And uh, then I saw it again through a friend connection at a UFO conference, right? And very briefly afterwards, I get it again, let's say, wooden made of Palo Santo. So, yeah. Wow. So it just kept That's resonating amazing. in your reality. Yeah, belongs to me apparently, for now. That's what's up. So I guess uh, it's 5.55 here in Colorado, um, an apt time, uh, at 99% with my phone charged, all these numbers hitting me. Um, do you have any kind of parting thoughts or uh, you know anything you want to leave us or listeners with in terms of just inspiration? I mean, it doesn't have to be your epitaph. I want you back on here for sure. Definitely some group chats would be fun with you. I'll be hitting up for some of those people's names for guests and maybe even... I don't know, hitting it more because you're cool. <laughs> but uh, do you have any kind of parting thoughts here? Yes, definitely. Um, this has been super fun and awesome to chat with you guys and explore awesome ideas. And yeah, um, I I think we were talking about the evolution of consciousness and I just wanted to say like how important it is when evolving to really be engaged with your experiences and your emotions. And I think what I didn't talk about um, that I would want to say now is this idea of emotional integration as like rubber meets the road. This is where personal growth happens. And yeah, that 
and having um, compassion for yourself and, and engaging with reality in a virtuous way. Are, those are some of my values for living. So when I say emotional integration, it's just being in touch with yourself in a way that you honor what you're feeling and allow yourself to feel things even when they're negative because they're there for a reason. And we want to move through these experiences and discover what is the wisdom in the moment that we can learn from to move forward. Well put. I'm looking at your handle in this chat room. Do you is there am I is there any meaning behind that Hardaya thought thing or what's up with that? Yeah, that's that's my name at the um the soul level, soul plane. It translates to heart of truth. And it's actually um tattooed on my arm in Sanskrit. It's my first tattoo. But yeah, it's just a, a contemplation of you know, what is the essence of my soul? <laughs> it's like how I experience soul level. Well that's what's up. Obviously adult um, you know, a dope chick and a great artist, a cool soul and an interesting mind. So Gemini win all around. Thank you for giving us your time and energy. Uh we'll have to get you back on here um by yourself with others whatever's clever and i just hope you have a good uh not only night but uh time kind of with that mural as well as continuing with your process with the artist's way as well as just kind of pursuing your truth in the material realms or whatever as an artist it's really cool to see people doing their shit well so props that's so awesome yes thank you so much i look forward to joining you again and it was awesome to meet you guys and connect more Cool. Well, thank you so much. This was great. I think especially for Jim, we listened to that last part. And uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for participating. Thank you, Jim, as always. And thank you specifically for listening. As always, remember to enjoy yourselves. Catch y'all in the next now. Radio Pokey.